of, of the past many crypto corners, I've been like ranting a little bit at the beginning. So with this, I can I can rant a bit again. So Maria, I'm taking over your uh, your roundtable just to rant. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Metacast Roundtable by Navic. And today I'm joined by Matt Dian, Senior Product Manager at EA, Abhimanyu Kumar, co-founder of the great Navic, Nicholas Vrek, investor at Bitcraft and co-host of the Metacast. And we also have a surprise last minute guest, David Amor, CEO of Playmint, because there's some cool news to be shared. David. Oh yeah, we um, yeah. our funding round, our seed funding round got announced. Uh, it's quite fun because, it, in a sense, some of this stuff happened over the Metacast. Nico and I have been speaking mm. for a while. Nico, you remember by day, what's your day job? Is it running the Metacast or is it uh, part of Bitcraft? It's hard to tell sometimes, isn't it? The but, first uh, one is. <laughs> <laughs> Nonetheless, Nico and I um, uh -oh. have been talking about. <laughs> been talking about what, uh, what I plan to do, and I think that's in line with the sort of thing that Nico and Bitcraft are interested in. So, yeah, they invest. Uh, they were lead investor in our, our seed round with uh, lots of other great VCs: One KX, uh, Cherry, uh, Play, and Ethereal, who are joined a sort of mixture of crypto VCs and uh, and game VCs. And yeah, it's nice to have some gas in the tank, and we can focus on building games. And nice to be, you know, have an official reason to be speaking to Nico a few times a week. Mm. There we are. We've been talking a lot over the past months. Oh, yeah. Like multiple times a week. Yeah. And it was amazing. It was fun. Yeah. 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 And we just got back from a, a Dev Connect, which is an event in mm. Amsterdam that was a lot of fun as well. I recommend anybody interested in this space to go there next year. Maria, you'll be there yes. next year. Man, you, yes. I, you know, Maybe. I've never Will seen. I hutch? <laughs> I've never seen Man, you outside of Berlin. Uh, He's not even in Berlin. Not even in Berlin. In Cologne. <laughs> in Cologne, my bad. And Matt, it's you're pretty close to Amsterdam. You're excused because you're, you're the other side of the Atlantic. But well, uh, I, I do love Amsterdam. I've been a few times. It's a great city. I think we're making things happen. I will see you next yeah. April in Amsterdam, each one of you. Yes. <laughs> By the way, so quick, quick uh, PSA. I don't know if this is relevant to anyone, but there are NFT events in the crypto space and there are dev events in the crypto space you can avoid the nft events you can go to the dev events because there's mm. a huge difference between the two right mm. i was at nft lisbon a few weeks ago and that was just you know people as i described it people looking for exit liquidity right <laughs> come buy my nfts so i can i can buy a boat and and not talk to anyone anymore in my life mm. um and people at amsterdam at DevConnect were actually like very excited about this technology building super cool stuff um highly recommend uh, these types of events Nice. Oh, I fun. love the story of the friendship being built and the business as well over the Yeah, the yeah, tell us tell us like some more about that like how how did it start? How did it well, end up? Well, yeah. I don't know. It sounds like a love story. I'm in no. a little bit. We can make <laughs> options to make the movie are available, so I you know, don't know what our contractual position um, is. Um, Netflix Netflix keeps calling me David. <laughs> I, <don't know>. um, <laughs> I think um, yeah. <laughs> But you know, I think that um it is it's quite an interesting way to uh, you know, I didn't know Nico before uh, the Metacast. And of course, you know, we were interested in the same set of things, I think, in the sort of crypto world. And then you get to figure out whether or not you, your 
both aligned in terms of your thinking and what you want to try and do. And, you know, it, it was, I never really thought of it this way. In fact, I guess you weren't officially part of Bitcraft when you started working on, uh, mm-hmm. on the Metacast, is that right, Nico? Mm-hmm. So it, we yeah. were sort of already aligned before that became available. And I had no plans to do funding at that time. So just mm. a, a bit of serendipity over the, over the last few months, feels like, you know, three or four months. Like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you know, you you say money. You said congrats, David. But it's almost, you know, in today's world where you know you have an experienced team willing to build on-chain games in in Web three, um, it's almost more congrats, Nico, because you know there's <laughs> yeah, I said congrats, there's, Nico. There's <laughs> more. There, there's more. Um, th- there's more capital out there than there are people that know what to do with it. Um, so right. yeah, what a and, lovely and, moment. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Milestone moment, for sure. I'm very excited <laughs> with the next game um, because I was reading the article and you are going to build an on-chain trading game full of politics, subterfuge, and economic opportunity. This sounds like a dream D&D session for me. <laughs> so I am extremely looking forward to it. The designers are having such a good time building this game at the moment, you know, mapping it all out. And it's really a game where we set the scene for players rather than a lot of great games, which are about set pieces on set pieces that to entertain a player. What we're doing really is more setting the scene and letting players entertain themselves and creating situations where you have all this political, who's doing what, factions, all that good stuff, you know. So, so like true, yeah, you know, true and, to the and, DNA of uh, loot in a way. Yeah, well, it's the sort of evolution of the of our first game, mm. the Crypt, um, mm-hmm. and we're doing it all on chain, which is sort of somewhere between amazing and crazy. Not sure, but uh, fun place to be. It's a it's a great way to spend the working day, figuring it out. Yeah, well, congrats, Playment, hey. Bitcraft, David, Nico, and thank you as well to all other investors. I'm extremely happy to know that this game might actually come true with the investment round. So yeah, looking forward to when the game is out. Sure, yeah. but you know, I'm very cautious before presenting anything to you, Maria, because I, I was listening to that last podcast and how you gave Anila a hard time. So <laughs> I'm gonna make sure it's so polished. You'll, you'll see it the, the same day everybody else, you know, I'm, you're not getting any preview version. <laughs> just, just tell me in advance and then I'll just be extra mm, nice. <laughs> okay, we'll see on that bombshell. I'm gonna run off and make dinner, but uh, ni- nice to be here for a moment. I'll see you all soon. Take care, David. Thanks, David. Cheers, Bye. Ciao, David. Bye-bye. And in other, oh, Manu, yeah. Oh, no, oh, nothing. I, you said bye. I, I, okay. I was just going to say, I actually do like how our intros, you know, talk about like some good news or like someone else's game who's actually also part of, you know, the round table team. Uh, and last week we did it with Anil, this week we do it with David. So, yeah, yeah. Things are moving forward are for me everybody. I'm, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have some investing to do to uh, to keep this up. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Uh, hello. <laughs> yes. Why not? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so actually, on other good news, today we're going to try a new format of the roundtable. Uh, so if you're mm. a listener, uh, it would be amazing to hear your feedback at the end of it, just so we know if we're going in the right direction, um, what's good, what's not so good for us to improve. So thank you in advance if you can send us an email. Um, or reach out in other ways. And so the list of topics today, 
Um, a bit of a hot pot of exciting news. So Ubisoft attracting buyout interest, Meta struggle to recover its market value, playable, playable worlds um, doing a raise, and also talking about Stepin with a great catchy name that Nico gave it, Move to Earn or Ponzonomics. So that will be... <laughs> <laughs> you, you get the guess twice. <laughs> um, yeah, so Manu. What's next for Ubisoft? Let us know what you've explored. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited about like this new format. So yeah, I guess uh, I'll intro the topic uh, this time. So basically what happened was, um, yeah, late late last week, uh, you know, Bloomberg put out a report that um, there was a rumor that, you know, Ubisoft uh, is, uh, is like a potential buyout target for... Um, a couple of private equity firms, um, specifically Blackstone and KKR. Of course, like uh, in the in the shadow of uh, the major acquisitions that happened uh, over Q1, uh, this news definitely uh, got a lot of people's uh, ears perked up. Uh, okay, are we going to see like you know the next big major acquisition? And and yeah, I mean honestly, it's um, I actually don't think it's. Uh, graduated like from the rumor phase of things uh, ubisoft itself has uh, has denied uh, any <laughs> any any uh, you know uh, any association with the, this kind of news but um, i mean if it is true um, i i guess my opinion on the whole thing is just that i'm probably not that surprised you know just given uh, ubisoft's uh, performance uh, over the last year um, i think um, I think Aaron covered Ubisoft back in July or June last year. And, you know, at that time itself, you know, again, net bookings were down uh, about like 20% uh, in their latest release. Again, they were down another 17%. Um, the stock has just gotten absolutely crushed uh, since uh, since the start of 21 and, um, and also start of this year. Um, their market cap has basically halved <laughs> since then. A lot of, I mean, of course, there's like the, you know, broader market, macro market trends and whatnot also affecting all of it. But I mean, Ubisoft has just, just generally not had a good time. I feel um, all the delayed launches that they, uh, that they, you know, that they keep announcing um, this big employee misconduct scandal that happened. Um, the great uh, exodus quote-unquote, as, uh, you know, as uh, everyone calls it, that happened uh, in the NFT space. That was like their next, you know, probably the thing that a lot of people were getting excited about, you know, uh, when it comes to Ubisoft's evolution. But the Ghost Recon NFT experiment just made like $700 or something. Uh, granted, it's an experiment and such, but <clears throat> I'm sure like they learned a lot also from it. But but yeah, in general, you know, um, Ubisoft has not really had the best time. And yeah, when the news came out, I kind of also probably wanted to happen so that potentially Ubisoft can, you know, see better days uh, in the future. Uh, but but yeah, at the moment, yeah, it, not very surprising news, not, uh, but also it's still, yeah, it's still in a rumor state. So yeah, I mean, let's see. Do you think uh, parallels can be drawn between Ubisoft and Activision Blizzard? Um, probably, may maybe just in terms of um, 
the IP portion of it. Yeah, probably there also like the employee scandal parallels, yeah. etc. But I think um, if you just look at it on a company performance perspective, I still believe Activision Blizzard is on is at a different level versus Ubisoft that just has you know a general reputation of just not delivering on you know things that they have said that they will deliver on. So. Um, that's just happened like again and again and again and you know it shows in the market reaction uh, uh, or the public market reaction so and yeah I mean if they get acquired that'll probably be like another parallel to <laughs> Activision Blizzard <laughs> if Activision Blizzard even does get acquired um, yeah. but um, but yeah yeah but I don't know it's not it's not like uh, yeah not like super like you know deep news at the moment but yeah one thing I thought was kind of interesting in reading the, the coverage about this was that the the companies expressing interest supposedly in in acquiring Ubisoft were not strategic investors like say a Microsoft mm-hmm. or Activision Blizzard. It was like private equity firms. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, on that topic, um, I saw a really interesting tweet that I'm going to read a little bit from here from Dr. Sirkin Toto on Twitter. So shout out for the great tweet. He listed like approximate employee numbers for different game studios uh, worldwide. And so just to cherry pick a couple here, Take-Two, about 6,500 globally. That excludes Zynga, which is another 2,000. Nintendo, 6,600. Activision Blizzard, 10,000. EA, 11,000. Ubisoft, 20,300. So, I mean, like more than double Activision Mm -hmm. Blizzard. And when you compare that to, you know, the revenues and the success that they've had, and you think about some of the, uh, private equity firms that are considering acquiring them, supposedly. Maybe there's some layoffs coming, some, um, you know, slimming down of the business. I don't know. I'm just speculating, but basically, I yeah, I mean, these, yeah. I guess these private equity firms are essentially going to, if it happens, basically, yeah. you know, polish up the asset <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. before, you know, they flip it, I guess. Um, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah, I mean, that could very don't well forget, happen. Um, Ubisoft is French, and French are notorious for um, all of their, um, you know, they're pretty socialists, or at least like us in Belgium, we look at them as, as fairly socialist. Um, and so, I, I mean, that might be why, you know, they, they maybe they were never ever never able to lay anyone off, and so there's just a bunch of people hanging out at the Ubisoft offices. I'm sure that's not the case, but. Uh, yeah. It is it is true. Even comparing with Portugal, it's very hard to lay off someone in, in Portugal. There's a lot of unemployment. Mm. Well, rescission of... Oh, can I speak English today? The, the word about breaking <laughs> a contract with someone, firing them. There you go. Um, yeah, it's quite, yeah, it's quite strict. At least way mm-hmm. stricter than I know it is in Canada and the United States, for example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Well, but yeah, Max, uh, Max from our writing team on Navic Digest, he's uh, doing a short piece uh, on this also. So I think, so yeah, we're recording on Wednesday, so it should be coming out this evening. Um, so yeah, you can get more details about uh, about this topic there. More details cool, about the rumors. <laughs> the rumors. The rumors come from somewhere. <laughs> Um, yeah, so going on to Meta struggles to recover market value. Um, so early February, Meta shares they fell by around twenty six percent. So it wiped around 
230 billion off of Meta's market value. And the root cause is that it was the first time that they saw a drop in daily user numbers. And today, we're recording this on Wednesday, once the market closes, I believe Meta is going to release the first quarter report. So we need to confirm this. I'm going to be talking about news re regarding um, some predictions of what the report will contain. So I think investors are not expecting to see a, a great recovery, but at least some progress and improvement in the market value. And the reported root causes of why Meta is struggling, it's post-IDFA impacts on their advertising business. They're struggling to retain young users, which apparently they represent around 97% of Meta's revenue. Mm. They're leaving Facebook and Instagram in droves and joining competitors such as TikTok. They have been doing massive funding on their metaverse platform. I think they invested around 10 billion in 2021 alone. So more than 10 times that they paid to acquire Instagram in 2012. And I was also seeing um, Google, uh, so Alphabet, aka, AKA Google, they reported their first quarter earnings. And similarly, they, they grew, but it didn't meet investor expectation. And one of the reasons that was communicated um, is similarly with TikTok as a competitor, and they're struggling to monetize the short reels. So mm. focusing on the gaming aspect of, of this news, I, I just wonder how how is the metaverse going to become profitable like just looking at the investment that meta is doing in building out this the this metaverse platform they're going to require such a mass user base um, and we also saw the fees that they're going to to charge creators and and there's a, a, a competitive landscape you know we see companies like epic um, Matt's going to talk about playable worlds so many companies trying to build metaverses so it's not it's not like someone does it once and then they'll have a critical user base coming to them because there's going to be plenty of options out there to explore. Yeah, I'm just curious to see what what happens throughout the year with with Meta. Does anyone have any takes? And Facebook? I'd like to have your thoughts oh, yeah. on their, sorry, so I saw a lot of backlash on their creator fees that they were charging, which were up to 47.5%, mm. I believe. Um, just curious, isn't Roblox like way more? And wh why is everyone hating so much on this? Um, and yeah, just curious to, to have like, is, what do you is think Roblox that is? Way, I actually thought Roblox was like at 37 or I don't know, maybe maybe I'm forgetting. Is Roblox way more? What? Than, ah, okay. Where's Yon when you need him? Yeah, I was saying, I was saying we need, <laughs> it's we need It's been Yon. a while since we got Yon on. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't no, know. Um, uh, so I, I think yeah. it's more. Um, yeah. I can at least say, you know, with Apple and Google Play, it's 30%. And then I think Steam is also around 30%. And then Epic Games is, is lower. And so I think the expectation is that there's already um, a lot of conversations going on about the high fees being charged to developers, for example, on Apple and Google Play of 30%. And now um, Meta just says, oh, actually, we're going to do near 50%. And I think that's yeah. where the okay, backlash. Can I be... Can yeah. I be advocate of the devil here? Yeah, of course. So I, I just looked up. I think you know for Roblox, it's about they pay out twenty eight percent to um, to creators. Mm -hmm. That's that's so on average, Roblox play, pays developers um, over twenty eight cents per dollar spent, pretty much, right? Um, but the thing is that why does Roblox get to charge so much? Is because they provide tooling, 
right? Mm. They provide a you know sort of you know tool sets to for people to build games with. Um, I'm assuming that's also Meta's plan, right? Um, well, Apple doesn't give you shit, right? They give you a um, like access to a marketplace and users. But Epic so, Games does. If you if you're if you have a deal with them, I think you can even access without. Um, being distributed on their store, you have access to the Epic online services, for example. And I, I think potentially Unreal and things like that. So the Unreal license mm-hmm. and okay. that. maybe I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. But um, Tim Sweeney is a good guy after all. I think I think like <laughs> David David like put it pretty well in one of the previous podcasts when we talked about this. He maybe he said it, uh, but he said like something that I, like uh, Facebook is. This move by Facebook was just tone deaf, <laughs> uh, in in like just a regular environment where everyone is talking about reducing the cut from thirty. You know, Facebook comes out with this number, and and more importantly, in the metaverse environment and in the Web three environment, where the number is, uh, Nico can confirm, but probably in the single digits, <laughs> they're they're at like you know ten times that, uh, and and yeah, yeah, this tone deaf. I mean, yeah, I agree with that, but I don't know. Um, I don't. I also, yeah, we also don't have like too many details on you know their business model and such. Plus, they do have like access to all the. I mean, they will be controlling the hardware uh, with their VR headsets, which would give access to a lot of these metaverse experiences that they're creating. I don't know yeah, how all that. that fits in, but. I understand. It's a fair point to be devil's advocate on this. It, it is a new, a new world, and new worlds come with new way, new needs to monetize. I'm just thinking about them investing 10 billion in one year alone, and many more years in investment. They have to recoup their money somehow. So, it's a fair point, Nico. Uh, and actually, tied one, into one this, question. Um, oh, one question to actually go back to something you said, Maria. You said like so. Google also came out with its uh, results. And um, but then you said like they have not been because of TikTok they have not been able to monetize reels so like Google has yeah. reels. I, uh, YouTube. Oh, where, where, YouTube. Where does that exist? I've, oh, YouTube. YouTube. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, because Alphabet owns YouTube. Sorry, I, I should have clarified YouTube that. Is Google. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have these yeah. short format videos now. Right. Right. Um, yeah. True. True. Yeah. Well, tying into the metaverse, uh, Matt, playable worlds. Yeah, so the news item that caught my eye this this week was the the ra- round raised by Playable Worlds, which is a, a game studio that was started by um, Eric Goldberg and Raf Koster. Um, so uh, I've been following them for a little while because uh, I really like Raf Koster. I think he's really smart. He wrote maybe my favorite game design book. It's called A Theory of Fun for Game <gasps> Design. My favorite. Too. I love it too. Do you know that book? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's so good. It's really yep. good, like really cute illustrations, but really simple and lays out Deep. a lot of the topics. Yeah, it's it's a great book. So highly recommend that. Um, but anyways, he he's a long time. They're both long time industry veterans. Raf Koster did Ultima Online, among many other projects. So he has a lot of experience doing these sort of MMO metaverse type uh, projects in the past. So this company, Playable Worlds, raised $25 million, um, and I'm quoting here, for cloud-native sandbox massive multiplayer online game. So there's a lot of venture buzzwords there. Um, 
they raised the money uh, in a round led by Cacao Games. Uh, and uh, again, shout out to our friends at Bitcraft for uh, recommitment here, uh, along with uh, several other investors, Galaxy Interactive. There was new investment from Lilith Games, which I thought was interesting, and Gangels. Um, so yes, they're, they're making a sandbox MMO, but apparently the, the big draw here is the tech stack. And they've spent a lot of time and money building out a sort of cloud-native tech stack that takes advantage of cloud computing to do a lot of really interesting things. Uh, they can do more detailed simulations. They have smarter AI. They can do persistent worlds that are shared um, among players. So the example they gave in, in one of the articles I read was that if you chop down a tree, it's permanently gone from the world for everybody. Um, so there's this sort of persistence across sessions, which is really cool. And apparently is something that is sort of uniquely enabled by cloud computing. Um, so anyways, I thought this was fascinating. Um, and then I'll just say one last thing before I kind of open it up to you all is that the, the round was led by Kakao Games, right? Which is an Asian um, company. Kakao is like an Asian social media uh, or like messaging um, company, I believe. And they made a point in one of these articles that they um, the the direction that Playable Worlds is going leans more into an Asian gaming style than a Western um, gaming style. Um, and I'll just read a, a quick quote here. Um, so uh, they, and what they mean by they is, I guess, Asian gamers or Asian customers, uh, live in a world where most activity occurs in the messenger layer. So again, Kakao, a messaging company. And gaming is integrated with other things like dating, banking, ride hailing services. So that meant that Kakao had an interest in tying the game to the real world. So I don't know, I thought this was fascinating. And a lot of those things kind of touch on metaverse concepts, bridging the gap between physical and digital. And um, obviously like a really seasoned um, founding team. So I've been I've been following this company for a little while um, and I'm, I'm really curious to see what they do. They haven't released any details about the game itself, though. It's, it's been all about the tech stack, which I think is kind of kind of interesting when you look at other rounds that are raised. It's like, oh, we're going to make this big, I don't know, competitive FPS or we're going to make a sandbox social game or like a lot of the rounds are led with the game. And this round is led with the tech and how we're going to accomplish what we are setting up to do. So I thought that was really interesting. I think I saw a news article this week that Lilith Games is now a publisher as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, an there's... another another Asian developer right there. Uh, Lilith, I think, is a Chinese developer, right? Mm. Yeah, with Playable Worlds, um, I think we also, like, we discussed it once um, in one of the previous podcasts. Um, and one thing that, like, really stood out to me in terms of their approach um, it's probably to your point also, Matt, about, you know, showcasing the tech is <clears throat> um, while a lot of these, um, you know, build your own metaverse platform style companies would really just focus on the tech and the tech is the product and, you know, kind of creating the tools that people can use to make their UGC experiences or metaverse experiences, playable worlds has this approach of, yes, we will create the tech, but we will also create the game so that people can, I mean, we need to have the game so that people come here first, you know, and then they are here and then, then we open up the tech for, you know, either those people to create mm -hmm. their own experiences or like, you know, 
further on for developers and and things like that and i felt that in itself was like a very smart approach and i mean who better to kind of create that kind of a mmo experience and you know raf coster himself um but but yeah that that's one thing that really like stood, stood out to me uh i'd also recommend like checking out uh the playable worlds blogs and raf coster's yeah. you know um his entries development diary Riffs style entries Raph. yeah exactly yeah that's what it's called uh very very insightful stuff and uh, i mean yeah you can like combine all of those into its own little book to be honest but <laughs> uh yeah. but yeah i draw um mm-hmm. i was was you were saying that i was drawing um some parallels with the conversation we had of epic and lego collaborating for the metaverse and then i think this gives me similar feelings of seeing um you know a name like raf just leading a metaverse it just makes me feel warm and fuzzy and hopeful yeah same that's it I'm that's my hopeful. comment it's, it's warm more, and it's fuzzy warmer, it's certainly warmer and fuzzier than zuckerberg leading yeah. a metaverse <laughs> concept <laughs> Yeah, Cambridge Analytica point two. <laughs> I completely missed. There was this like meme from his uh, from his announcement where he was like, um, "If if you die in real life, you die in the metaverse." Like, was that real? Did that? Did he actually say <laughs> that in the in in the in the Facebook like uh, the keynote presentation? I hadn't I seen that. I don't know. <laughs> I, I couldn't. Oh, I couldn't watch it. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I just saw that like no floating idea. around on the internet, and I was like, "Man, there's no way he could have actually said that." But <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, my my oh. my my takes on this. So obviously, we were involved. I wasn't. So it's it's not on the crypto part. So I wasn't closely involved. Um, but I've so I'm I'm always very optimistic and hopeful, which is why I I do you know the venture capital job, um, and so you know once. Uh, Raf Koster wrote like an internal document or, or like his his thoughts on what's being sold as you know the metaverse, especially when it comes to crypto. Mm. Um, and it was um, confronting. I'll put it that way. <laughs> so um, got s- some of my hopes and dreams absolutely crushed. Um, but here we are, you know, <laughs> investing in Playmint, who's going to be building you know a, a on chain game. So uh, we keep trucking, we keep fighting. And um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm super impressed by everything that uh, Raf does and. Um, we like to to you know back these these types of entrepreneurs you know who who's who've been around the block yeah. and like who that make you feel warm and fuzzy inside <laughs> as, as uh, Maria so eloquently <laughs> describes it when they just you know about the idea of them building this yeah. type of stuff so yeah yeah well that that leads us to Stefan move to earn our Ponzonomics. all right yes thank you this one so, I'm looking forward to. <laughs> Are you saying you weren't I've, looking I've forward been, to the ones before, Manu? No, no. That, that is just your yeah, interpretation. Yeah. I didn't say anything like that. There's no subtext. <laughs> <laughs> Please go ahead. Go. So I've been, um, you know, over the past many crypto corners, I've been like ranting a little bit at the beginning. So with this, I can I can rant a bit again. So Maria, I'm taking over your, uh, your round table just to rant. So... A few months ago, like a good, very good friend of mine, also in the crypto space, um, came to me and he's like, Nico, I have to tell you something. Stepping man is the shit. <laughs> you know, I've got these shoes on my phone and then I go for a walk, uh, like a 15 minute walk with my dog and I earn 50 bucks. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Okay, so I, I did some research and, um, you know, my very lame joke is that Steppen is just Axie Infinity with extra steps. Um, so you need to buy the 
assets, you know, NFT assets yeah. that you can then use to um, earn tokens that you need to generate more of these NFT assets that you can then sell to other people who can then use them to, and, and so it continues. Mm. Um, the the typical uh, Ponzi-nomic um, yeah, loop. Um, I can go into move to earn a bit later because I actually have like a positive thing to say about this as well. Um, I'm not only, only ranting, but um, yeah, love to have your, your thoughts on this. Um, um, yeah, what do you think about Stepan, Maria? I feel strongly on this. Thank you for picking me first. You walk a lot, so you're like, give me these shoes. I walk a lot. <laughs> yes, I do. I do. I do walk a lot. So for me to go running, it costs me usually 100 pounds for some good running shoes. And when I when I heard about Stepan, someone was saying, oh, you know, I I, I think it was Nat Eliansson's um, analysis of Stepan. And he mm. was saying that he can earn 300 dollars a day. And I was immediately captivated because I already walk a lot. 357. I, I remember that number. <laughs> it's like 357. <laughs> wait, and, and can you can you wait, so how much do you have to pay for the well, shoes? And then how much do you earn per this day? This is my story. Nico, let me tell my story. Okay, sorry. <laughs> and so I install this app and then it says activation code. And then I go to try to discover what an activation code is. And I realize there's this gold rush. So you have to invest so much effort in trying to get this activation code. And I thought that was it. Once I had it, I'm in. I can start earning some money. And then I got in and I realized Wait, hold on. to get how one. Did you, how did you get the activation code? Oh, is that well, coming up? Thank you, Nat Eliasson's uh, <laughs> Discord. That has okay. a subgroup okay. for Stepan. <laughs> She, right. she she pulled some strings, Got all right? It. Okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, then I was ready to get going and I realized, oh, I have to invest 1,100 pounds just to get one pair of shoe, which isn't, it has a return on investment of maybe a few months because you have to buy mm. maybe three before you can start getting enough energy to earn money. Yeah. For, I, for, for is, like your three still... feet of the game. <laughs> <laughs> do they make you buy them in pairs or do you buy like an individual shoe and you can... Match ah, it yeah. with a second, or unfortunately, oh, it's in pairs. Okay. Yeah, I, I think wow. I'm not very crypto native, and I thought I was ready to get into the game, and then just seeing that price tag for something that sounded so fun, and knowing that I can buy with 100 pounds some shoes to go and do exercise. I don't know. Not not for me. The Roy mm. seems just very risky. Oh wait! So you're saying that the because you it gets paid back in a few months. You told me so that means that the you know the return on investment is or the you know average annual return is more than 100. percent And you're like, not enough. Well, if the Ponzanomics don't crumble, that's the thing. Is it that's doesn't look sustainable. Risk, yeah. So who who says that in three months' time, I will gain a profit? So so you Maria, you have a number which is, let's say, a percentage, that if you earn that's higher than that percentage on the day, you would buy it. Well, if it took a week, you know, to get my yeah, money back. Okay. Yeah, so if in, it's something reasonable in that, that case, yeah. seems safer. Yeah. yeah, it's a big, big price okay. tag to invest. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think there's two things I like here. I'll start with, with one. I think the... Um, the activation code is smart mm. and good, right? So I think one of the problems that Axie had was there was suddenly this this like unstoppable gold rush of people coming into the game, you know, playing the game, grinding as much as they could. Um, 
and then you know selling axes to the to next person that also comes in and you get this hyperinflation very very fast and i think you know the energy system was one way to limit that a little bit um and i think you know there's an en uh, there's a kind of energy system with stepping as well right yeah. you can't you know walk in infinitely there's an, uh, ah, okay. a certain mm -hmm. amount you can do per day and and on top of that, they also have an activation code, so they limit the amount of people that I can actually start playing the game. And but and it, then shoots, it's actually like right? then two limits. You not only need the activation code, but then you also need the capital yes. after that. Yeah, and it right. gives having one pair of shoe, and then the shoes you can buy have different stats, and to buy a pair of shoes that has the best stats to optimize your leveling up and being able to mint other shoes, they're actually a lot more expensive to buy nowadays because mm. I think people now know the strategy, know what to look for. Mm. Yeah, and so the market course, yeah. is a bit different than what it was at the start. And you get 10 minutes per day yeah, with your first your first pair of shoe. And mm. I don't, the activation code, I, I, I don't have I think that also like doubles up as a, it doubles up as like a little bit of a hype generator similar to like how clubhouse was like invite only i guess mm. like, maybe, is that is that what you like about it Nico? it's harder oh. it's way scarcer for me to get on clubhouse mm. because you could invite quite a lot of people um i don't know i was just a lot easier to get a code for sorry someone to invite me to clubhouse with mm. trying to find an activation code honestly i would have given up unless i was so keen to find out what it was all about I don't have the energy to put into trying to go on Discord all day long, drop a code, copy-paste it fast. Did, I guess they kind of did their job if you were like that keen also to like, you know, go for it. So, mm -hmm. but, but yeah, Nico, go yeah. ahead. Well, my thoughts are, I think, um, you know, this is still not the last time in which we'll see a Ponzi-nomic, you know, boom and bust cycle, right? And so what I think um, was smart here is that because of the activation codes, they can actually control the inflow of new players into the system. Mm -hmm. So they can actually smooth out that. Like, imagine if they did, they wouldn't have had the activation code. Then you know the the spike would be way more severe. And so because mm -hmm. of the activation code, they have a little bit more control. And so I actually don't know what what the the price of of the, the shoes is now. Like, is it is it already like going down a bit, or is it still just you know to the moon and and we keep going up? I checked it a few days ago and it felt to the moon. And you could get a better price right. buying with, uh, I believe, Solana instead of the BNB coin for Binance. Okay, so today the token went up another 15%. Over the last month, it went up. What is this? You could see the GST token, which is the one you need to repair your shoes and mint and all that go a bit down because they, I think they're introducing yeah. a new token. The GMT, I was going to mention like that. that that bit about repa repairing the shoes. Um, while it is still kind of like a, a Ponzi-nomics thing, like they seem to be m conscious about putting more sinks into yeah. the economy um, to at least keep that at bay a little bit longer while they develop more features and try and balance mm. things out. Yeah, and hat off to their UX of the app, to be honest. The app is mm. very slick, navigates well, I don't, I'm not really into crypto. And so, you know, I just don't know how to create wallets very well. And just with one click, well, not one click, maybe two or three, you <laughs> would have created a wallet. And so even though I'm not on Solana or BNB, I just did it on the, on the fly. And then I'd be able to quite easily buy my first pair of shoes. So I, I, yeah, I was very impressed with that, with that flow. 
Neil mm-hmm. is listening very closely right now. <laughs> it doesn't what meet do the sky we were flowing happy. <laughs> <laughs> what was uh, the um, second thing so, you like? Thinko. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. So I, you know, um, yeah, th- that's exactly what I wanted to touch upon. Um, so fundamentally, you know, I've said this a lot of times. I've looked, I look, I see a lot of decks, right? I see a lot of X to earn. And mm. um, I'm actually quite excited about the concept of move to earn. So fundamentally, you know, whenever I see X to earn, I'm skeptical. Um, you know, when people tell me I just earned, you know, a significant amount of money for 10 minutes, a 10 minute walk, I get very suspicious. One of my, the lessons my dad told me was there is no such thing as a free lunch. And that is a very useful lesson when you're navigating the dark and murky waters of Web3 with scams left and right trying to pull you under. Um, And so, you know, to stay afloat, just be very suspicious of anything, you know. Um, Anyway, so, um, you know, there's no such thing as a free lunch. There is no easy way to to make money, right? The, the money always has to come from somewhere. We we saw the same with Axie. Um, I think you guys described it as, what was it again? Like an attraction park or, or something or, or a carnival uh, or whatever. Yeah, like there has to yeah. be hmm. carnival. If there's money coming out, there has to be money coming, coming in somewhere. And so with yeah. Steppen, for now at least, the way it works is, you know, the money coming in is from new people wanting to, you know, walk and earn, mm. obviously. So, um but the reason why I'm, I'm specifically excited about this move to earn idea is because I actually think that there is tangible real world value being created by incentivizing people to move. And I think the way this will potentially play out in the future is with um, partnering with, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Insurance, oh, yeah. life yeah. insurance company. Mm-hmm. Companies. Health insurance, yeah. So health insurance, that's the word. Thank yeah. you. Um, so, you know, if I, I think there's going to be a world where you know you will pay less health insurance um, if you do these kind of things. So right, because if if you know statistics can show that you know if you let's say do an hour walk every day, that will reduce your chance to have a heart attack and diabetes by X percent. So you can almost calculate the real world value of you making that you walk. Ar- and so there's actually a real. You can already sorry. do that. So vi- Wait, there you go. And Vitality so, has yeah. a program um, that if if you track your exercise, so you just get benefits and you pay less premium and you, mm-hmm. you can get an iPhone and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so there is real value being created. And so, you know, this is in, to come back to our carnival example. If there's people, you know, taking money out, the value that's being created by, you know, potentially partnering with health insurance companies, that would actually be a money faucet into this ecosystem where, you know, that could actually facilitate people actually earning by, by walking just because they're they're decreasing their, their cost of, uh, of life insurance. I have to say that, like, hats off to Steppen for their format. I completely agree. I run three, four times a week. And before I reached that turn point, I was willing to run seven days a week in order to make money. And it's just the power of money. Awesome. It's such a great motivator. I hope I hope it you know it survives and it's not a ponzonomic because it's quite exciting space. I mean, I've checked out the website and and so the the team seems very legit. Um they're also not pseudonymous. Um the investors are very legit. Um I haven't looked too deep into like what their long-term vision is. I hope 
sincerely that you know they're they're looking into what we just discussed where mm. you know there's additional value being created with what they do um i i it, it makes me feel like another axie infinity so they created this this viral loop where people you know get their friends on right it's, they, they tell everyone like oh, i just went for a walk and i just made x amount of money um they get a shit ton of people on their system. They've got, done a great job with the onboarding. Um, and, you know, there's going to be a lot of angry people at some point, right? Because this stuff just, it can't keep going going up. This doesn't work like that, unfortunately. Um, but then, you know, when the dust settles down, they're going to have, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people that own these these weird shoes, right? And then maybe they can um, they can continue to to build some something sustainable from that. Um, and I kind of see this as almost the the play to earn playbook at this point, right? Where it's you know you create an unsustainable loop that creates a viral effect where people are suddenly printing money out of nowhere and they're like, oh my god, this is amazing. And because people are greedy and sometimes pretty naive, they're like everyone's like, oh, okay, I'm gonna buy some assets. Um, and then you get millions of people on your platform suddenly you know everything implodes but they still have these assets because they don't want to sell them at the loss and then you actually you know build an experience around these assets that they own and um you suddenly have a very significant player base and didn't because in the end like the company like behind steppen doesn't invest anything in this right they they've built this loop and all of the money coming in comes from from players yeah i guess my only question to yeah you're right that this is you know like that that playbook now um create that virality loop at the start uh potentially you know uh use the model that axie has to kind of um yeah hit that growth spike but then not have like the bells and whistles and you know live ops controls for later to kind of balance the economy and yeah my my question is like you know how this is like a bad way to put the question but like how early is too late <laughs> it's kind of like when like people launch that early and kind of don't think about future um, repercussions of you know what that economy will end up like it is it'll basically be too late because I think we're also kind of seeing it with Axie Infinity right now right like they have all these different plans of okay how they're going to be fixing you know the economy but will SLP really come back to its, you know, July 2021 levels where that was really, you know, the peak. And <clears throat> you kind of see it also in free-to-play games. Like if, um, you know, if, you, if, if you're not like thinking about your economic, how your economic design is going to be playing out for like the next two, three, three years in live operations, then at some point it is too late to kind of change like fundamental systems in the game. And therefore you end up operating on a lower baseline forever there 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 is like this opportunity cost attached with like launching this early and not thinking about you know where like where you will end up so um it uh yeah so I, that's probably like the one thing that i would feel about step in or any of these models you know like any axie infinity style model applied to Play to earn, move to earn, eat to earn, read to earn, learn to earn. I, I don't know, whatever to earn, you know. Uh, so uh, that would be like, yeah, the one question I have. But yeah, you hit the point that I was going to make exactly the opportunity cost. If you're spending all your time as a development team fixing a broken economy, that means you're not building new features. You're not layering in new fun things to do or new systems. Um, so yeah, hundred percent agree. And, um, one thing I just wanted to mention briefly, like regardless of how successful or unsuccessful Steppen is, you have to think 
companies like Nike and Artifact or Adidas are paying attention to what's happening here, right? Mm. It's like in their wheelhouse. Um, are they going to do it exactly? Probably not, but they have to be paying attention at least and, and seeing the opportunity there. Yeah, I use the Nike app to, to run and they already have a way where you can put your shoes in and it tracks hmm. the wear down over time. It just reminded me, oh, yeah, just add a little element. How, how much are you earning? Uh, <laughs> healthy lifestyle, happiness. Healthy lifestyle. <laughs> Priceless. ROI on that. Does, <laughs> does your health insurance get reduced? I, I could yet? get, uh, you know, what's the clock that I, that I watch or something like that. There you go. Oh, <laughs> nice. It's amazing. Not bad. Yeah. I should check that for way, my um, health insurance. Apple <laughs> Watch. <laughs> Apple Watch, that's what it is, is on um, iWatch. <laughs> iWatch. Um, yeah. I want to ask Manu a question. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Manu, you mentioned, you know, Axie Infinity. Um, by the way, plug next week. So you're listening to, or this came out on a Friday. Next Tuesday, my interview with Philip La goes live. Oh, we dive into Axie Infinity. Nice. That'll, that's that'll an be awesome. That's topic to you. Yeah. Are you guys also talking about the origin a little bit? Can you like give it like teaser yeah, yeah, spoiler? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Everything cool, cool, nice. Spoiler. I mean, he, he explains it better than I can, so nice. I'm not gonna do it justice by by trying now. Nice. So uh, I'll I'll leave it with that. Just quickly, awesome, you yeah. just mentioned um, you you just mentioned that the like will Axie or Sky Mavis be able to increase the SLP price to their July highs? And so my response to that is like, if they don't, would that make them a failure? Like, no. since when is the arbitrary valuation of the markets um, at the top of a cycle a, a indicator or like the, I okay so I'm gonna make another small rant so a small one. one of the problems I see is I'm ranting a lot today so my apologies for that anyway so one of the problems I see today is that you know because people are greedy right this feels in web three like the foundation of every problem um you know they <laughs> tend to price up out of fomo a lot of assets um that suddenly like shoot up in value mm. and then that top value which is you know as a developer you don't have like actually the, the Axie team the sky mavis team didn't have anything to say about you know the price of slp right they design an economy and then suddenly they see this hyper fast growth that because they didn't have any activation codes couldn't do much about um they um so the, the this the price spikes up for everyone that's like the new normal right people are like okay you can earn i don't know what, what was the max that people could earn like a, a um a few dozen bucks a day or something um you can you can earn that a day then that's the new normal and that's the anchor and now everything that's not that is a failure right while in reality I, yeah, if you not, would have right, asked yeah. these mm -hmm. not not right well if, but, if you yeah. ask these <laughs> If you ask the Sky Mavis team today, um, you know, or uh, let's say if you asked the Sky Mavis team 18 months ago, like, would you be happy be, to be in the shoes today where this is the amount of users you have? This is the price of SLP. This is how much people are earning. I'm pretty sure that they'll, they'll, they'll be very happy. Mm. Um, and so my point is that, you know, a lot of the time we're um, comparing the success of a game by irrational metrics that were that they didn't have any control over that were you know forced upon them almost by the free market and the greed of people yeah yeah i guess where i was coming from and probably the big difference with Stepin is that axie happened and then Stepin came so Stepin knew so you know i mean learning from hindsight is valuable in its in its uh, own self mm -hmm. and <clears throat> i think um 
yeah i mean at the end of the day like you know uh, yeah slp hitting whatever high it hit uh, that's that's not really the point it's it's just more about um once that has happened and you know one can kind of theoretically deconstruct why that happened then learnings can be made and then time can be given to you know basically make make a better version and not kind of you know make the same mistakes or like step in the same holes again that would mm-hmm. then allow these companies to essentially yeah not have that opportunity cost in terms of business upside that they might be losing now or going forward because they are stepping in those same holes and <clears throat> it's not about um it's not about like you know hitting market highs and stuff and of course like you know yeah i mean the market will fluctuate for a hundred different reasons but um but yeah it's just about like axi happen you have a model that sounds pretty similar to axi uh you know why or you know where are those learnings kind of getting implemented so i guess yeah, that's where i was coming from activation code money well devil ah, yeah. devil's advocate now hmm. you seeing axi infinity until it was less successful it was very successful and if even people who are not very familiar with crypto and web3 it's very likely that they know axi infinity by name and none other right? because they led oh, yeah. they led the movement they got their first they got very well known a lot of press and so i don't know i think if yeah, I, I mean if i were in yeah. the shoes of creators of a new a new product and we knew that we could apply the strategy and then balance it out and you can see like uh, Nico was saying they've already done some improvements to have burn and limitation of the spike of growth of of new users they could be trying to use this strategy in a more controlled environments to then give them time yeah. to implement the features to come and i th- you know i can't fault companies for going after human greediness like it's just a trait and everything that we know about product development is what do humans want um how will they buy and you always want more you know you get you run 5k you want to run 10k you get a salary yeah. increase you want the next salary increase you get love yeah. you want more love it's just how we are so yeah again yeah, also like i mean no yeah. matter like whatever how many ever hindsight examples exist you know <clears throat> there will always be new mistakes to be made uh, with yeah. any with any game so um i mean yeah nothing is like really perfect at the end of it and yeah i mean also i mean i'll give a big caveat i haven't even like played this step in game so like i'm just you know <laughs> talking based on whatever you guys said but um but yeah i mean again like yeah, it's it's just about like yeah putting those learnings to use you know and if you guys are already kind of saying well it seems like the same axi infinity ponzinomics model then that's already like well why, why didn't you learn a little bit you know but yeah. um i know something that I, is I also, perfect I'm I also sorry. do think like I mean Axie Infinity is definitely like played its role in this industry and it continues to play that role you know like we wouldn't have a crypto corner um segment without that game so yeah. um but yeah need to evolve also yes <laughs> yeah can can I make one final you know final final we need to that? wrap up this episode you know the rap is it we're a rent? to make it short is right? it renting oh. it's not it's not a rent actually it's the opposite Ooh, okay. um, i think yeah go for it i mean i i think there's a real world where you know even the stepen team looks back and says like we did all the right things mm. even although 
the fact like what they're doing now might be unsustainable mm. um right I, I agree that there might be an opportunity cost but I, it feels i don't know like again i think you know they're they're putting their assets <clears throat> in the hands of, or, or on the feet of people and um th those people are just pay paying the bills right um so yeah th th these are um, my final thoughts it just it's just a lot to get in like being met with that high price it's not accessible yeah. You know, there's not many people that have 1,100 pounds just laying around to buy some digital shoes to then maybe earn. So but that's we'll, market driven, right? Like, I don't know yeah. what their mint price was, but, you know, let's say they launch another project, you know, step in two, and then suddenly step in price goes down, step in two price goes up. Like, it's, it's you know, somewhat driven by market forces. Yeah, mm -hmm. but have a free to play. Mm -hmm. Allow me to engage and rank up in order to get my first free pair of shoes. You just start barefoot. Yeah, in the metaverse. exactly. Get get strong, strong Buy feet. Buy a pair of feet. <laughs> the the business opportunity I see here, Matt, there, is that you there's could a big put, opportunity. I mean, to bring it back to Meta, there's no feet in in you know Meta's uh, metaverse. So you got to buy your feet there first. Then buy the lower and half can, of your body. You, yeah. Yes, exactly. exactly. I don't know. I think we're onto something here. If you're playing a land based a land based metaverse game where you don't have teleports and you have to walk between land, then would that count for step in? Oh, step, Hopefully. That, that's like a step in integration opportunity into, yeah. I don't know, decentraland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the business opportunity here for Matt is to put your corgi earning these steps. So just sell, <laughs> sell your corgi cool. going on walks, yep. add a bunch of phones. And We're then, open for business if there's yeah. anyone interested. <laughs> Pokemon Go goes to step in. All right. Well, we'll wrap up the episode here today. If you want to continue the discussion, you can find us on Navix Discord or around. Just send us a message. And yeah, we really hope that you enjoyed the format today. If you could spend one minute sending us an email and letting us know what you thought, we'd really appreciate it. And we'll see you next week. And thank you everyone for joining.